Should Christians send their children to public schools? What is the best way to go? Public school, private school, or homeschool? On this slice of fresh bread. Welcome to Fresh Bread, a podcast ministry of Grace Bible Church Gainesville. Pastor Brandon, Pastor Keith. Well, hi, everyone. Thanks for clicking on Fresh Bread, podcast 34, Fresh Bread, where we're bringing the truth of God's Word to a starving world. I'm Pastor Keith, East Pastor Brandon, and today we're going to talk about children and public schools. So, Pastor Brandon, are you ready? Sure. Let's do it. I'm going to ask the first question, the big one right off the bat. Should Christians send their children off to public schools? Well, that's a probably a nuanced answer. I, I don't know if in all cases we can avoid public school, right? Just as a, you know, universities, you know, in terms of, you know, becoming a doctor, becoming a lawyer, becoming an engineer, a scientist, you know, any of those STEM degrees, a lot of them are going to require public school education. When we say public school, let's be clear, we're not necessarily talking about just publicly funded schools. We're also talking about private schools that that are non-Christian, I think Mm -hmm. is what you're referring to. And so even sending your children to a university that's private, non-Christian, in terms of getting a STEM degree or a degree there, is that something that we should do? And, you know, the question, again, is nuanced, because I think for us to have a complete exit out of those spheres would would be problematic because of the degrees that are required, you know, it, you can't. It's hard to get a Christian education in civil engineering. I'm a civil engineer by trade, so that's comes to my mind. But, you know, I would have a very difficult time getting a truly Christian education as a civil engineer. You know, as a doctor or as a lawyer, I would have a difficult time getting those degrees in terms of, and you know, fully Christian education. And so I don't think that we can have this complete exit out of the public sphere in terms of that because of that. Now, in terms of younger children, you know, I, I would say that you need to be very careful in sending your children to public school. I'm not saying that, I'm not ready to say that a Christian shouldn't send their, their kids to public school because there are still pockets of public schools that, that are not as far uh, gone as some of the others. I mean, there are pockets. Like I say, it's a nuanced answer. I'm not totally anti-public school but I think it's something that you have to be very careful with. So do you think that even Christian should teach in a public school? Well, I would come nearer saying that a Christian should teach in a public school more than I would say that we should send our kids to, to public schools because at the end of the day, I mean, that person's going to have a, a, a huge impact, a potential huge impact on multiple children, you know, in terms of that for that time. And so if if they feel like that they can do it, if they feel like it's something that, you know, it's a ministry for them and, and they can they can do that, then yes, I think that they, they should. My daughter actually is trying to decide. She's in her last year of her education, getting ready to be a, an elementary school teacher, and she's trying to decide what she's going to do, and she has talked about teaching in a public school. And so we'll see if, if she does that. I do think that someone doing that needs to see it as a ministry. I do think they need to see it as an outreach. Now, I obviously, in the public school, you're going to be limited in terms of the things that you can say and, and you know at least publicly and outwardly, but... 
you still have opportunities and in, on an individual basis to, to speak truth into these kids' lives at a very formative time. So what I'm thinking of is, is the LGBTQ thing. They really push that. And as a believer, it's hard. Like, how would you opt out of that? You would be ostracized and maybe even lose your job. Well, I think you have to make that stand. I mean, I don't think you can go down that road. And if you lose your job, so be it. Okay. But at least you've made that stand. If there are places that administration that is that is more Christian leaning in, in in terms of where they're at, depending on whether they have a Christian background or whatever, or whether they're I mean I, I guess ultimately Christians. But yes, I mean I, my experience has been that there are places that that aren't as difficult as other places, and that there are other places that you know with administration they've gotten involved in, and it's you know, way, way beyond what we can bear in terms of what, you know, as ter- in terms of Christians. Do you think it's really a myth that public schools are a are, are neutral learning place? Oh, absolutely a myth. Okay. I mean, yeah, there's no way it's neutral. I mean, because, I mean, you're, we, there's a, everybody has a worldview. Every school, I think it depends on who's in charge. I mean, it does, it depends on the administration and what they're allowing. And, it comes down to what's happening in the classroom and, you know, every, but every teacher in that, in that location, in those, in those places have a, a worldview. They're going to be pushing that worldview. And, and so if their worldview is evolutionary and, and anti-God, then they're going to push that worldview. If their worldview is, you know, pro LGBTQ plus, you know, the, the, all the, the alphabet thing that they've got going on, that's the worldview they're going to, they're going to push if it's a woke black lives matter type of idea that's pushing the the agenda that's what they're going to do and so i think that it is an absolute myth to think that there's a neutral learning place let's face it if we if grace bible church had a christian school it wouldn't be a neutral learning place we would have we have a worldview it's a christian worldview it's a biblical worldview and we're going to we're going to push that worldview and and if someone puts their child in our school if we if we had a you know hypothetically if we had a school if someone would put their child in that school it would be we would push you know our worldview and we wouldn't be apologetic about it and so you know I get it that that public schools kind of have this idea of being neutral in that in that way but I don't see it that way at all yeah I mean you and I've been around a few years so how anti-god do you think public schools have become Let's say even the last ten years. Now, I don't think every. I don't think you can say every school, every school board, every school administration. I don't think you can say every in every place that that's happened. If you think about it, back in the late seventies, Jimmy Carter started the Department of Education. You know, why do they start the Department of Education? Because they're funding schools. If they have the Department of Education, if they're funding schools, then they're going to be able to dictate what's being taught in the schools because of the money and if you if schools get out of step with what the department of education says that they should do they're not going to be there's not going to be the funding and so the pressure from the federal government is to teach and do what the federal government says and so we can look at the federal government and we can see the corruption that's there i mean it doesn't take i don't it doesn't matter what side of the aisle that you're on 
you see corruption. You know, that's what's controlling our public school system. You know, it's being controlled from Washington, from the Department of Education, because the money is flowing from there and to the states. The states are pushing that money down, and there's a there's a pressure to do what's being told the federal government wants them to do. Well, all we have to do is look at the federal government and see what the federal government's struggling with, and that's exactly what's being pushed into our schools. So it doesn't take much deduction to say that they're definitely in the past, well, really the past 30 to 40 years, there's been a, a you know, there's been this slide downward. I, I think I've, I think I've told the story even on Fresh Bread, but maybe I've just told it to you, Keith, but, but I had a fourth grade teacher who retired right after our class went through and she just said, look, I see that, you know, this is getting off the rails. And, you know, that was fourth grade teacher. We're talking, we're talking many years ago. And she's already seeing it get off the rails at that point. And, and it's even gone even more so, you know, and I don't know, I was too young. I, you know, I don't, I'm not able to obviously go back and talk to her at this point, but you know, exactly what, what made her say that, but you know, she was seeing something even at that point that was pointing toward it getting worse. And that's, that was, you know, 40 years ago. Hopefully it wasn't you in her class. Well, I was pretty bad. (laughs) I was pretty bad. I can't imagine that. Yeah, I I was a uh, little little known fact. I was I was uh, spanked every day. Oh my word! Yeah, when I was in yeah, I was a I was a little terror. Kindergarten every day I was spanked in school. Yeah. Why we come a long way since that? <laughs> wow. I was I was, uh, I was a mess. But yeah, we won't even go into me. I bet you weren't spanked every day. Not every day. But I did. I did one time have to go to the principal's office, and he did spank me. One time. Yep, one time. Wow, that I, that's a world I don't even identify with. <laughs> <laughs> that's and you grew up in Arkansas. Yes. Wow, different world. I was even spanked in front of the class one time. Oh my goodness, with a with a paddle. Paddle. Yeah, I was. That was my one of my teachers brought me up in front of the class, bent me over the the desk, and spanked me right there in front of the class. <laughs> <laughs> that was <pretty> bad. <laughs> well, some things Can't are do that anymore. <laughs> some things are better left in the past, but it, it used to be that when you went to school, they were teaching you how to learn, right? They were kind of giving you the basics. This is how you go about it. So it used to be this is how you think, and now it's this is what you need to think. I guess you could call it indoctrinating them with with things that, as as Bible believers, it goes against what we believe, right? We, we're talking about evolution, LGBTQ, all that stuff, and bullying, all these things that they're teaching. They're, they're, the other things, what I'm trying to say is like English and math and all that stuff is kind of secondary now to this other stuff. Sure. I mean, that's... it. I think that there has been a focus. The focus has moved away from, you know, the three R's: reading, writing, and arithmetic. That's a joke, Keith. Well, doesn't arithmetic mean with an R? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that the focus has moved away from those as being the core, and uh, you know, in terms of how we what we need to do with getting kids ready. To now, there needs to be a, a worldview that's being indoctrin- indoctrinated into. The, our thinking and you know that's been that's been going on for a long time I, mean, I think that to a lower level it was going on even you know when we were in school I mean it you think about even history I mean you have to there has to be a worldview that drives that and you know the, there is there's going to be a worldview it's very difficult to to, to teach a neutral history um, you know and, and I mean it can be done I'm not saying you can't 
but it's very difficult because there's always going to be a point of view that you're that you're teaching from. And you know, and if and if you think about a biblical worldview, a biblical worldview says there's there's right and there's wrong. And so I can teach, you know, I can teach from a right or wrong point perspective. And so if somebody did something wrong, it's wrong. If I had something did did something right, it's right. And so and obviously there's nuances and and choices that are made, you know, that are that we have to make and we have to try to understand, you know, in a, in a fallen world. But, but I think today there seems to be more of a, we're going to, we're going to push a, a worldview that, that fits, you know, more the woke, the, the, the idea of, you know, the, the, these ideas that are out there, especially in the past few years. And, and that's been accelerated because it's a, it's really a backlash against, against what, you know, what's been taught, you know, for when you and I were growing up, um, there's definitely a, there's definitely this push to minimize the, you know, the country, the United States, and to tear down the country and, and to make us look like we're the bad guys. Is it true that children like adults, that bad company corrupts good character? So if we send our Christian kids to school, can they be become corrupt? Okay, so I don't take the you know, the, what people say is you need to send your children to public school in order to expose them socially. I don't take that to be the case. I think we can have children who are well-adjusted without sending them into a place like a public school where I don't think we have to send our kids to the wolves to, to toughen them up, so to speak. Having said that, having said that, I do think that we need to be very careful to get our kids ready for the world, to be exposed to the world, I don't think that we can completely insulate them forever. I do think that there is a time responsibility that we have to isolate our children and insulate our children from those kind of things as we as we help develop their character, you know, that as we help inform their character, as we teach them, as we teach them biblically, as we teach them the right worldview, I think that we have to, you know, love them and nurture them in that way, and I don't think that we have to expose them you know, early to, to the world in order for them to be socially adjusted. But at the same time, at the same time, I don't think that it's a situation that we, we never, we don't need to see it as, as if we can completely always isolate our children. At some point, at some point in their lifetime, they're going to be exposed to the world. We need to get them ready for that. And I'm not saying, you know, we need to teach them you know, the, the bad things of the world. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is that we need to teach them and we need to get them ready for that. We need to strengthen them. And the, the problem with overprotection, the problem with overprotection is, is that they, they're not ready for that exposure when it comes. And so we need to help them get ready for that. I know I'm not telling you I have the perfect process for that. It's, it's a, a situation that every parent is going to have to go through and, and try to understand their own children and, make decisions that, you know, that, and, and help them in the way that they feel is best biblically. And every child is different. Every family is different. Every situation is different. But at the same time, I think the main thing is to recognize that they need that solid foundation. They need that strong foundation that's biblical. They need a strong family. They need parents, a mother and a father who love them and and build that relationship with them so that when that happens, when that transition happens, and when they're more exposed to the world, they're not just going to go headlong into the world. If we are draconian and 
we isolate our children to the point where as soon as they find the sweetness of the world, then if we're if we're not careful and if we're not thoughtful and wise on how we handle this, then many children go headlong into the world. And so we have to be careful in any direction we go. And so I can't, like I say, I can't tell you that I have the perfect prescription for how to do that. I, I don't. I don't. I mean, it's it's one of those things that's been more trial and error for us as a, you know, for me as a father and, and us as a family. But I do know this, the one thing that has worked and that I stand on is that my children know that I love them. My children know that, know where I stand. And my children have this strong family, there's a strong family dynamic that they don't want to disengage from. Because of that, because of that strong dynamic, because of the foundation they've been given, the biblical foundation they've been given, because of the love that we've had for our children, as they've been more exposed to the world, as they've grown up, my children are all over eight, or 18 or older now, as they've grown up, there's been less of a, that, that wor- the world has less of an impact on them because they have that, they have that, that foundation. Now, that doesn't mean that they haven't struggled. So, so you ask, you know, does that bad company corrupts good character? Absolutely. But we need to teach our children that, you know, we need to, that's the, I mean, that we need to t- teach our children biblical wisdom. And so biblical wisdom says, if I run around with bad company, I'm going to, that's who I'm going to be. And so, you know, you need to be running, you need to be running with the right people. And we need to teach our children that as they, as they have those choices, as they begin to, to, to be exposed to those, those, uh, those, um, opportunities one one way or the other so can the opposite be true then that if we send our kids to public schools and they are surrounded by kids with bad character maybe it helps them understand their faith and strengthens their faith then well that yeah well i think there's a time i think my personal opinion is is that there's a time when it's too early for that i mean i Mm -hmm. i don't i certainly would not want to send my you know, my five-year-old and say, yeah, well, we, you know, we, we want them to, you know, we want them to be able to make their own decisions. No, I'm, I'm going to protect my five-year-old. And, you know, and, I, and our choices in terms of school reflect that. We, as a family, we homeschooled early on. Well, we did a, we did a combination of homeschool, private school for most of my children's education. The bulk of it was either homeschool or private school. We've done some public school. My my youngest daughter, as an example, right now is in public school, although she is dual enrolling, and so she's she's not on the high school campus. And so, but early on, we did homeschooling. We started out early homeschooling, and you know we sent some of our kids. We sent to private. Actually, all of our kids went to private school at one time or the other. Three of the four have have been been in public school for some stint, depending on their situation. So we've done all four. It all depends on where we're at. It depends on what the goal is at the at that time. And so yeah, but at, but at the at the core of it is a strong family dynamic that with a biblical foundation that teaches our children. You know, to love the Lord, to love one another, and teaches our children. Ultimately, the Lord made this earth, and that we are that we are accountable to Him. As we look at the American public schools, this is what I've heard: are the worst in all the other industrialized nations. So, would that be a factor 
or is it you get out what you put in? So if you're a good student, you're going to do well anyway. Well, I think that I, I don't know. I mean, I think the statistics would, would bear out that the American public schools are probably some of the worst in, in the industrialized nation in terms of I know, you know, for sure we're behind you know, a place like Japan. No, I'm, I'm certain of that. But I can't say how we compare to, you know, England or how we compare to different nations. But I, I, it's pretty clear, based on what I've read, that we do rank very low in, in a lot of the rankings. But at the same time, what you just said, you know, there, there are definitely pockets where, you know, there's good schools and there's good, there's good that's there. And so I, I would say there's pockets where, where you know, people... And, and the truth is, is that, look, if someone is, if someone is dedicated, you know, if they're smart and dedicated and have a good work ethic and, and have a family behind them that is, that's pushing them or someone pushing them to, to do better, you know, they, it, even in our public schools, someone can come out and do, do very well. I mean, it's not like, it's not like there's no chance at all. I mean, I, I grew up, I think you came through the public school system. I came through the public school system. I would like to think that I wasn't. I mean, I, when I came, it's funny because when I came, I, I went to a small public school, very very small public school, that ranked last, one of the last lowest ranking schools in Arkansas. Which, if you look at, is lowest ranking states in the nation. Which, if we, if you take that further, and if it is true that our nation is one of the the lowest ranking in the among the industrialized nations, then I came from a school that was the lowest of the low, you know, among industrialized nations. I mean, and I, there's no doubt that that's the case. And yet I was able to make it and able to do okay. I ended up, I became an engineer now and, you know, trained as a pastor. I mean, it's, it's possible, you know, it's, it's possible, but it just depends on, there's a lot of factors that go into that. So. Yeah. And in seminary you do, you were Phi Peta Kappa, right? (laughs) What? (laughs) So. Let's just say that I graduated too. Actually, I, I, I went to, Public school until 10th grade, and okay. then I went to private. Okay. But the private schools kept trying to get me out as best they could, and they couldn't do it. So I just went for sports, and that was... Anyway, my story is a whole nother can of worms. But how important is it that education be Bible-centered and God-centered, do you think? Well, I think it's it's incredibly important. I mean, I think that's what... I think that's the basis of a good education hmm. in, in reality. And and I know that that's going to... I know that's going to be a... I know that's going to be controversial in, you know, in, with the world. That is controversial with the world. And it may even be controversial in the church. It shouldn't be. But I think a good education is Bible-centered and is God-centered. And, you know, because I think God is the, in, in, terms, of, in terms of education, I think that, that the more we know about God and who he is, the, the more educated we are and are going to be in, in a lot of different ways. And, you know, the more curious we're going to be about God and his creation. And, you know, I think that, that if we're curious about God and his creation, that's going to lead us in directions in terms of education. We're going to, we're going to be readers. We're going to read. You know, when you think about education, the most important thing is, is that you get the basics. But the other, I think the other important thing is, is that, that you, you open up that, you make the, you make the child curious if you can make the, if the child is curious and is, and can read and has the tools to to do the work, you know the basic tools to do the work, they're gonna they're going to go in a direction 
and if they understand who God is, they're gonna. It's gonna be a good. It's gonna be a good direction, and and I think that that's the basis. Yes, I think that's the basis for a good education. Now that doesn't. Again, going back, that doesn't mean that. Look, I know. I mean, Stephen Hawking is was a, I'm sure a brilliant man, and I'm sure, but he was also a fool. It doesn't matter how brilliant you are. It doesn't matter how quote unquote educated you are. If you're a fool, you're a fool. And so it is important that we're not foolish. And I think that part of education, part of a good education, is learning not to be foolish. It's learning to be wise according to what God's Word says. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's where we get wisdom is from the Bible, biblical wisdom. And if, if we're a fool, we're a fool. And that's, I think that's, and a fool says in his heart, there is no God. So, yeah. so that's my answer, and I'm sticking to it. Okay. There needs to be a Bible-centered, God-centered foundation that's that's laid. But I don't. But I think what we have to we have to come to grips with is that, like I like I started out with, you've got to. I mean, in terms of some of these STEM degrees, and we need and we need them. We need STEM degrees, and as Christians, we need people in science, the sciences, as Christians. We need people in engineering, as Christians. We need people who are in the medical field, as Christians. We need people who are in the law field as Christians. And so we don't, what we don't have at this point is a good alternative in Christian education for those types of degrees. Now, I mean, we do have some alternatives. I'm not saying there's no alternatives. I'm, what I'm saying is, is that we don't have good alternatives all across the board, a situation where I have a biblical worldview that goes along with some of these degrees in every case. We don't. And so... But we need people in those areas. We need people that are that are doing those that are have a Christian worldview, Bible centered and God centered worldview. So that's all I'm saying is that at some point you your kids are going to be exposed to those things. And and yes, in the formative years, in terms of especially as young as you know as they you know from the from the womb all the way till whatever point that is, you definitely need to be teaching them and giving them that foundation. And they need to always have that foundation, and they need to always have a family that's around them. I, you can't, the thing about it is, is that we can't minimize the, we certainly don't need to minimize the role of the mother and the father in the child's life, the role of a solid, God-fearing family that is going to make the Lord center of their lives. And, and I mean, that's, that's the, I mean, we can't, and then also a Bible teaching church that comes alongside the family, which we, you know, we talked about that last, in the last po podcast, you know, that we, you, you have to have all of that. And then if the child ends up having to go to a public school in order to get an education in, you know, a STEM degree or law degree or whatever, you know, they have all that foundation. And they have that, they have that, so when they get challenged in terms of their worldview, they can look at that, that professor and they can say, but this is what I believe, and this is why I believe it. And it's, it's more than just a Bible story. It's more than just, I mean, it's, it's something robust, that, get, that they have a robust understanding of the world from a biblical worldview, and they, they can defend it. It's not just, it's not just their, their parents' faith. It's not just you know, that it's not just a Bible story that they were told. It's something that's robust that they can actually defend their faith. You know, the, I think we have to make sure that we're giving our children that. 
you know, whether it's children in the church, you know, our responsibility as pastors is to provide the resources to help our help our families to get to where they need to be in order to in order to teach their children and and it's the family responsibility to make sure that the children are being taught given that foundation. Will private or, or homeschool will that be a guarantee of our child's salvation? No. I mean you ask the question will private or homeschool guarantee a child's salvation? The answer is absolutely not. No more than going to Grace Bible Church is a guarantee of someone's salvation. I mean, just because someone goes to a solid church, and I would like to think Grace Bible Church is a solid church, just because you go to a solid church doesn't make you a Christian. You know, you can go to Grace Community Church in California with John MacArthur and still not be a Christian. You can, you can go to Grace Jacks and, you know, great church, still not be a Christian. And, and especially children, that's the, I'll be, I mean, I'll just be straight out, straight with you that that's one of the things that I hate to see is when, you know, these children get a pride about them that think that, that says, oh yeah, because I'm a part of this church or because I went to this private school or because I'm homeschooled, I'm better than everybody. And that, and that makes me, you know, gives me favor with God. That's actually no different than the Pharisees. I mean, that's, that's pharisaical. It has nothing to do with what school you went to. It has nothing to do with what, you know, whether you were homeschooled or whether you were public, put in public school. It has nothing to do with, your salvation has nothing to do with those things. It has to do with whether or not you have cried out to a holy God for his grace and for him to show mercy towards you, you know, and that, that you are a sinner and you acknowledge that you're a sinner before a holy God. That is, I mean, Paul says, for by grace you're saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. And so... That's how we're saved. It isn't who, it isn't where we went to school. It isn't what church we go to. It isn't any of that. It's you know, it's the it's by grace through faith. And it kind of brings me to the this question: Is not all Christian schools are quote unquote Christian? Yeah, and I mean, you need to be, and even choosing as Christian school, you need to be clear. You know what their what their perspective is. You know there are there are different perspectives in terms of Christian schools. Some Christian schools would be more evangelistic in their, in their outreach and so, or in their outlook, and so they would say, you know, you just have to agree to our rules. You know, you have to agree to, to be, you know, a good citizen, so to speak, according to God's law, but we don't expect you to be a Christian. So you need to be aware, you know, in terms of, you know, what type of school, what their, what their you know, philosophy is in terms of that. Yeah, and, and for sure, just because a Christian school says that they're Christian doesn't necessarily make them Christian. There's a Christian school here in Gainesville that you know their their whole thing is more they're more of an outreach. They they get funding to help people in disadvantaged areas, and I'm not against that. I mean, I, I truly, if I were going to teach in a Christian school, that's that would probably be something that would be appealing to me because I could I can actually preach the gospel to children who need to hear it. I mean, everyone needs to hear it, but I. They don't believe they're Christians. You know, they don't believe that, you know, they came from difficult situations. And so they're looking for hope. And so, you know, that, that, I guess what I'm saying is, is not all Christian schools are made the same. Not all are good. Just because they're Christian schools doesn't mean that your child is going to be protected from all evil because that's not the case. Uh, we found that out, you know, in our, in our situation. I'll never forget my pastor in, California, we had some we had some issues in, in a Christian school there, and my pastor in California said, "Yeah, he said, um, you know, I think that what happened is you you trusted people 
and you thought that it was going to be more Christian than it is. Mm. And I mean, I hate to see that. And, and, and he's right. He was right. And so that's what we have to recognize as we, you know, as we put our kids in a, in a Christian environment, in a, in a Christian school environment, is that there are different philosophies. The schools, not all of them are the same. It all comes down to, in a lot of ways, it comes down to the administration. And, you know, if you have an administration that cares for your children and loves your children and wants to see them, wants to see them turn to the Lord and has a good, solid outlook in terms of, in terms of education— then, you know, count yourself blessed. So we've touched on public schools, private schools. As we wrap this up, let's just look a little bit at homeschooling. And the big drawback you hear from homeschooling is, does homeschooling make a child socially awkward? Because, you know, the homeschool, they're at home. They're not with other kids. Does it make them socially awkward? I think there is an awkwardness about a child that's only exposed or mainly exposed to their family and people that are, you know, are, around them that are trustworthy or the family feels is trustworthy. Yes, I think there is an awkwardness. Now the question is, is that a bad awkwardness? Is that bad? Is that a bad thing? And I don't I don't necessarily think so. Um, because I think that as they grow and as they become more mature and as they're exposed to different things as you know, as as adults, they're going to adjust. I mean we adjust and I, I'm not the same person I was when I grew up. I mean if I if I were if I were if if I were the same person I was growing up, you know that would be that would be bad. But you know, just because some a child has some awkwardness, you know, in terms of in terms of who they are when they're in the ninth grade, who wasn't awkward in the ninth grade? Who isn't awkward? You know, at at, the, at those stages for different reasons. And so, I don't need to look at someone's awkwardness and say, well, that's that means that they're you know messed up and and will never never be able to adjust. I'd, it doesn't mean that at all. Matter of fact, if I teach my children within the family structure, if I teach my children to be resilient and, and to, to be able to adjust to different situations, if I model that for my children, they're going to pick up on that. Were they awkward at times? Probably. But is that, was that ultimately the determinative of their life? No. I mean, I don't think so. I just can't help but feel how awkward the homeschool class reunion must be. I mean, uh, uh, that's got to be awkward. But at least you don't need a name tag. Is kind of an odd. <laughs> yeah, the homeschool class reunion. Uh, kind of lonely. So, as a, as a dad who's had kids, and now we're living in 2023, what is the best way to go? Public, private, home? Well, in 2023, boy. And I'm, you know, Lord willing, I'm going to have to help my kids make these decisions, um, you know, help guide them in these decisions. I, I can say that it's probably, it seems that to me in the United States in 2023, it may be the most difficult time in the history of the world to bring up children. I, I can't say that for sure, but boy, it seems like it, at least from my perspective. There is so many things out there, so much evil at their fingertips you know, you've got the, you know, the phones that are there, you've got television, you've got, and just so many influences, negative influences in their lives more than it seems like than ever. Um, and so I think that I don't, I certainly don't envy, envy young families who are trying to figure it out and get it right. Um, I, I would, to answer your specific question in terms of what the best way to go is, I don't know that there is a one size fits all answer. I would definitely, if I were, if I were in a position 
of starting over right now, it would be a combination. It would, I would start with homeschooling and I wouldn't, you know, the whole kindergarten starts at, you know, four or five years old. I would start, I would start doing some sort of education very, very early. Certainly would be a biblical focus in terms of, in terms of teaching them doctrine. I would definitely be training them to, to we, you know, going back to last week, I'd definitely be training my children to, to be able to sit through church. I would be, I would be training them in the home. I would be training them early to read. I'd be training them early to begin to do math and things like that. I would transition into a more formal homeschool environment as they, as they get older, probably three, four, five. I would definitely be homeschooling in some fashion, you know, for the first several years. At some point, if I got to the point where I felt like that I couldn't take them any further personally in terms of their education, whether that would be my wife or myself, I would potentially put them in, in private school. But I think that we have to understand that those things are expensive and not every Christian can afford it. And so, you know, I think that, that co-ops are a good answer to that. I would love to see Grace Bible Church have a co-op or be involved in a co-op. I would love to see us have the, you know, be moving in the direction of that, but that's of the Lord and what he want, want for us. But, but I think that, you know, co-ops are a good answer to the issue of not being, I think a good, I think co-ops are a good answer to the homeschool versus private school realm. Uh, I think the hard part is, and I've brought it up on a couple of different situ- occasions or a couple of different times in this, in this podcast. I think the hard part is, is that we get to a point where things like med- the medical field, things like you know law, things like engineering, specifically STEM type degrees is going to be very difficult for them to get you know, in a Christian environment, it's not impossible. I mean, I know there's, there's schools out there that are doing those things, but to be an accredited engineering school is very difficult to, to, to obtain for a, something other than a public or a large private university. And so when you get into those things, it's difficult. And so I think it's going to be hard for Christians to completely exit uh, those realms because if we do completely re- exit those realms, we're not going to be in those realms and that's, I, I think that's a wrong-headed view of things if we do that, if we pull ourselves out of those things. So, boy, I, I just don't, like I say, I don't, have a, I don't have a prescription that says this is the perfect way. But I will say that whatever you do, you can't just, it's no different than the church. The parents can't just turn the education completely over to, to the school no more than they should turn their training of their children completely over to the church. The idea should be that they are completely involved in that and that they know what's being taught and that they're helping guide what, what's being taught. And anything that is anti-God, anti-biblical you know, biblical worldview, that they're helping offset that at home and because they're aware of it and they're discussing it. Okay, so there's not one size fits all. It's it's be engaged, be discerning, and sometimes you you just have to say, okay, I can't afford this to send them to private school. We're going to send them to a, a a public school and be in prayer and be alert. Yes, 
Now I don't. Now having said that, I don't think it needs to be a cop. I don't think you need to. It needs to be a cop out that I can't afford it. I mean, I do think that that it's going to be a. If you when you have children, it's going to be a sacrifice. Hmm. You know, that you may not. You may have to give up the good life. You know, you may not. There be so many people want to have both. They want to have the large house and the nice cars and the big, big boat and all the stuff, the trappings of of American life. And, you know, but then they say, well, I don't have enough money to send my kids to private school. Some people have all that and they have enough money to spend their kids, send their kids to private school and they go into debt, you know. And so that isn't the right answer either. The right answer really is, you know, do make the sacrifices you need to make. Mm -hmm. And and I can tell you, it, it really comes down to Deuteronomy 6. As you go, as you're doing life, you know, you're teaching your children and it really comes down to talking to your children and understanding where they're at and asking them questions mm-hmm. and and guiding them and and you know they love you. I mean they they have a children have this default to love their to love their parents. I mean and so you know obviously as they get older there's things that happen and you know there's a, there's hormones that get involved as teenagers things like that. But they ultimately they love their parents. I mean that's what we found with our children is that look, they have this setting that just says, I love my, my mom and dad. And, you know, we should take advantage of that by actually doing things that me that, that get involved and, and show them that we love them and we want, we care for them and we care what they end up doing. And we care ultimately for their salvation and, you know, make sure that we're being parents that are involved. And really, if we are, if we do that, then all of these questions you know, that, that we're having about parenting and, and how to do Christian school or not our public school or homeschool and Christian children's ministry and all that, all that gets answered because, you know, ultimately our, our parents are involved in loving them and teaching them. Well, we hope this was informative. As we wrap this up, getting back to your school days, when you see a ping pong paddle, do you still have trauma? Well, it, it actually, most of them were made out of one by fours with holes in them. It's kind of ironic that Grace Bible Church has two pastors that were actually spanked in, in school. Yeah, but it sounds like I was spanked on a... <laughs> you were spanked more. <laughs> I was spanked a lot Is more. Is that where you got the nickname, Spanky? You've been listening to Fresh Bread, the podcast ministry of Grace Bible Church Gainesville. For more information, go to gracegainesville.org. And thanks for listening.